so welcome back to another episode of the Equity Matters Podcast. This is your host, that is JB3. And today is special, right? Because I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, um, blending a few of the things that are important to me or things that I enjoy rather into one episode. So you, you've heard me talk about music, but today we're talking about something near and dear to my heart and that being horror movies. And being a young boy from the city of Detroit and watching scary movies with my mom was just like one of the, the most safest places I could be. And I'm excited because I, I've got a guest here today who shares that feeling and that sentiment around horror films and that being Patrick Harris. So Patrick, love for you to introduce yourself and uh, tell the folks a little bit about you. What up though, everybody? My name is Patrick. Man, I love podcasting so much, man. It's so great. I love being back on the mic. Uh, I am from Detroit, Michigan, uh, for those listeners out there. I do a lot of things, but at the core of everything I do, I am an educator, right? I enjoy educating today's youth, uh, the, the babies and the children out there, even in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and one of the classes that I teach is history of horror films. And I so enjoy uh, teaching the rich history of our beloved genre to a growing, uh, uh, you know, to the next generation of horror lovers. Um, and so um, I enjoy doing that. I also have a podcast as well, the Common Sense Podcast. Um, and I'm a writer. You know, I do many things, uh, but talking about horror is a passion of mine. As I sit here with my first tattoo, still stinging, <laughs> it's numb still. My, my, my arm's still itchy. And, uh, it, 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 you know, uh, horror is just what I do. So I'm glad to be here. So let's, let's take it back, right? So in the beginning, what prompted that love for horror movies? Uh, you know, as I sit here and look at this new tattoo, I just think about uh, just just family, right? I grew up with a, a family of horror enthusiasts. Um, when I was younger, I would go over to my dad's house, which was my grandmother's house in which my aunts lived there. And on Friday night, when I got home, you know, uh, from school and you know kicking it with all the adults we would go to blockbuster right oh, up the yeah. street on a on uh what was it it was either seven or eight mile and at blockbuster i just remember sticking uh my feet in the carpet in the horror section right like i just could not move from there i was always so just like enthralled by the cover art and the stories and the synopses and all those things right and my aunts and my uh dad would be like yo well you know what what are we watching tonight and when I saw Michael Myers uh Halloween 1978 for the first time I said okay this is me right like I just have never felt so excited about a film before I've never felt um just like so scared right to go to the basement afterwards to walk around <laughs> to go to the bathroom don't go to the bathroom right um and so yeah it it is really represents family for, for for me um and so yeah i i absolutely loved halloween from the from the beginning um that that that, that was my horror first love what about you you know it's it's interesting you mentioned family because i would say the exact same thing my my blockbuster was on otter drive in southfield so it was yeah. also next to uh, Henry Ford, which was my doctor's office, which I think my mom made that like a, a scam, right? Like you go to the doctor, then I'm going to take you to Blockbuster so that I can, you know, make you feel better after whatever shots you just got. But um, family definitely sits at the core of that because I can recall when the first Jeepers Creepers came out and me, my brother and my mom were three deep in the bed watching Jeepers Creepers. And it got to a point where like literally if it paused, we all paused, right? Like, hey, you going to the bathroom? Turn them lights on. We want to see you. Make sure you come back in one piece. All of the light. The whole <laughs> light. light. The, 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 the living room light. The dining room light. The, you know what I'm saying? All of the lights. Yeah, no, no, no light left off. And 
just being able to share that experience. I mean, I grew up with a lot more of the the sci-fi side of things. My mom's favorite horror film is Aliens, right? Which I, I still argue that's an, an actual film. But, yeah. you know, she, she likes the Marines. And I mean, the Xenomorphs are cool. And Sigourney Weaver, to me, is like one of the faces of, of horror. And just being able to share that experience with like, you know, my brother, because we're actually preparing for our, our annual boo night. You know, we're going to get together. We're going to watch the new Halloween. We're going to watch the last one just so we up to date. And mm-hmm. it's, it's always just been something special for, for us because a lot of my family, does, they don't watch horror, right? And that's just been my thing. And I've been able to convince my wife now, like October, this is what we watching. And I'll make it up for you in December and I'll watch all the cheesy rom-coms. Like it, it's a it's a trade-off. <laughs> uh-huh. So do you remember just thinking about horror kind of as as a genre, right? Like I was thinking about when we put this episode together about like black exploitation films and Blackulas and, and those. Did you have a chance to watch any of those? Because I did. Like it, it was before my time and my mom wasn't interested. I remember um watching uh crap. I just blinked. What's the name of that movie that I'm thinking of? Shaft. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, that I was like that just left my mind. Shaft was one of the movies that I saw a, a lot growing up. Um, I I didn't necessarily know it was black exploitation at the time. I do remember it being very ridiculous, but um, yeah, like that era is still something that I have not um completely submerse myself in but i am just fascinated with the idea of black people saying enough is enough of like y'all like taking you know our culture and who we are quite literally right blackface and putting it on as a costume and you know portraying us to be certain types of people particularly in horror films and so I just love the way that Black people were not really given agency, but took their own agency and said, listen, like, let me show y'all, like, the the wide amount of films that we can create. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. I think when it comes to telling our story, no one's going to tell it better than us. Like, the authenticity and that representation matters. And I know when when we started crafting this also, we talked about like the, the history of horror and, and black folk. And you mentioned Birth of a Nation, right? Like you wanna dive into that? Yeah, you know, well, one thing I love teaching my students is the, the birth of horror films, which really started um, in the Eastern hemisphere, right? Um, the first horror film was released in the 1890s called The Manor of the Devil. <laughs> it was uh, about three minutes long and, you know, music and, uh, you know, a silent film. Um, and you really saw the horror films in the earliest days try to, you know, take their inspiration from artists um, and expressionist art and really like distort images and to create these like larger than life um, stories, right? That really break the rules of what we see as a traditional narrative, right? Evoking fear, transgressing boundaries, those types of things. And so, you know, Birth of a Nation was a really interesting film. It was the United States first feature length film with a runtime of three hours and 14 minutes. That's too long. (laughs) (laughs) Three hours and 14 minutes of silent film. And you see in the film, right, that, that there are um, Black characters and, and there are white characters, but there are only white actors, right? And so Blackface is running rampant in that film. Uh, you, you see the stalkerish, hypersexual nature of the Black man. You see... Um, you know, white women painted as victims, right? Um, a predatory black man, right? Um, and what 
you really learn from that film, right, is that horror is subjective, right? And so like that particular film and that director, right, was very intentional in painting Black people um, as the villain, as the quite literal monster, right? And so taking the fears of the time, um, the, the early 1900s, and really just amplifying that for film showcase the power of horror. Admittedly, I have never watched Birth of a Nation. You don't have to. You really don't. <laughs> yeah. I like I have never watched it in full because three hours and 14 minutes is too long. If you get curious, it's on YouTube. Uh it's I, on I'll YouTube you a, in its entirety. In its entirety. Oh. I'll send you a uh I'll send you the link. So you can see it. Um, but yeah, it's on YouTube. Nah, I, I might be good. I'll, I'll pass three hours. The, the <laughs> longest, longest movie I've ever watched is actually a more of a miniseries. It's that Jackson 5, The American Dream. I love that. One time is enough for me, man. I did this. <laughs> that's enough. Praise God. That's it. You know? So when we're when we're thinking about, you know, one, this being equity matters, but two, the the reason why we wanted to put this together was around the appreciation for blackness and horror, right? Like, because in many cases, I would say, you know, we were left out of the genre and that might've been intentional. And I remember one of the first, one of the older movies that I saw with, with black folk in it, it was one black man that was Dwayne Jones and Night of Living Dead. Period. And, and my man's lived for like the entire movie, right? Yeah. Until like the last two seconds. And I'm like, bruh, how did, how, why you, why now, right? And then the trope even became that we died first in film, right? Like in, in other movies, yeah. like, you know, black men don't even have a name. Like, hey, Tyrone, Tyrone dead. And, the, and I don't know where that really came from because I don't necessarily think that that's, that, that's, that's true. I have no idea where that rumor started. <laughs> so I was thinking about it, like, what, what Jada Pinkett Smith in... Was that Scream 2? Yeah. Was she one of the first to die? She was at the movie theater? I don't remember yeah, right, that when that Regina, was. That was Regina uh, Regina Hall. I'm thinking of Scream, though. Wasn't she in one oh. of the Screams? She was in one of the Screams, but I don't think she was one of the first to die. Okay, I might be lying. So my appreciation for horror is off. My bad. My bad. I could be wrong, though. Um, but I don't know kind of where... I do know that we... We don't live to the end. I don't necessarily know if we're the first. I think that what's interesting about black people in horror films is even mo like to like modern day, um, just like the sacrificial black character, right? Like we are in the horror film and we live up until the point where we sacrifice ourselves for the white character to live. And then I have an attitude from there. I have a, a fucking attitude. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the Quiet Place too? Yes, yes, we just watched that probably within like the last two weeks. Perfect. First of all, the Quiet Place series is really unmatched to me. Like they really do a really fantastic job. I think um, for the Quiet Place too, what was so interesting to me was the fact that this black man he had a whole colony, bro. He created a colony, smart as a whip save these people only to sacrifice himself at the end of the movie for the white characters to live. I said, oh, this is ridiculous to me. Ridiculous. I often joke about A Quiet Place because my kids are just loud. <laughs> and like, you know, John Krasinski did a great job of like protecting his kids, right? Like, oh my God, I love my kids. I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I think about it like, man, if my kids is up here making noise and they know noises are going to be what kills us. Am I going to step out there and say, yeah, I am, but I'm going to be mad about it. You know, I'm going to have an attitude. <laughs> yeah. That film, that quiet place film is, is great. What's, what's your favorite or first uh, black horror film that you've seen? Oh, you, we about to take it back. So I, I'll, I'll phrase it as the first time I saw myself in a black horror film and yeah. people gonna be like, what was Tales from the Hood, bro? Like just yeah. the 
one, I'm always a fan of anthologies just because I feel like I get more bang for my buck. But right. two, it was literally all black stories, right? And being from a single parent home in that first um, episode with the, the monster, right? With David Allen Greer, like I was able to like see myself in that in the way that the young boy had to take his own power and like destroy the monster by balling up the sheet of paper. He drew himself, drew the monster on there, balled it up. I was like, wow, like that's, that's powerful in it's storytelling. But at the same time, like crazy K and just seeing all of that put together, I'm like, dang, this is what black horror means. And then I didn't see it again for quite some time. Yeah, man. I, I agree. Tales from the hood. We had a DVD um, I just remember it sitting around the house and I didn't really know what it was until I popped it into the DVD player one day. And um, I didn't really appreciate it, though, until recently, maybe about two years ago. Um, and I think it was just so timely, um, you know, considering the, the continuous police shootings and murders of innocent Black men. But to see Tales from the Hood take that narrative and flip it on its head and say, yeah, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's what I love about the horror genre, right? It's, it's like, we don't actually have to follow the rules to enact revenge or not revenge, but justice, right? Like justice does, does, does not bend on the arc of realism, right? Like it is like justice literally by any means necessary, even if it means like, dying being killed by you and coming back as a ghost and like you know what i'm saying like killing you and your whole squad right like <laughs> justice by any means necessary and then that is when i was like i love horror did your grandma have them porcelain figurines <sighs> still in the back bedroom now just sitting on the, just sitting on the couch or sitting on the bed just sitting up right i said come on now I'll take them down take them down take them down now but how about you as far as um the first time you were able to see yourself in, in horror the first time I was able to see myself in horror I don't think that I've had that moment yet to be mm. honest um I think as a black person or as a black man I can make an argument but I think that like my queer intersection is like really important to me and I don't think that I've like seen a black queer character in horror just yet where I was just like, yeah, like, yep, that's got you. Like, like, I totally, you know, I totally get that. And I think that the, the direction that we're moving in, in horror, that means possibly, you know, might, we might see that in the near future. But I think ultimately, um, I have not seen it yet. We've come close. Um, uh, and I'm just, I'm scared to say get out, but I think that, um, <laughs> uh, but I think just like, yeah, for me, uh, I'm still waiting on that moment. I, maybe I had to write myself, you know, like, Hey, hey. tell your own tale. Big time, big time. So let's get to the root of that question. Right. And, and being, you know, what does it mean to be black in horror? Man, that is such an interesting question. It, it really, just kind of going back to my original point, right? Like, it really just like breaks all the rules, right? Like, hor horror is meant to break rules. That, that's, the, that's the purpose of the genre, to call attention to a specific issue or genre. You know, I often say it's the most progressive genre a film that we have because it literally breaks all the narrative rules even in its simplistic formula like the nuances and the routes that we take in horror is, is it's just different and so because black people have consistently been um victims of oppression in our country right putting us in a horror film automatically gives us agency in ways that we have not seen realistically in this country. And so that's, that, that's why I think that it's important that Black people are in horror films and that we as an audience, and we do 
support and love horror films because this is where you get your inspiration from, right? This is where you get your power from. I mean, you'll get it from like, you know, 12 Years a Slave or Black and the Judas Messiah or Selma or something like that, right? But I think like in terms of like really seeing the brutality in ways that you don't always see in drama, the ways that you will see uh, the victor win, right? Like that is a key component of the majority of horror films, you're rooting for somebody, right? And like when a black person, particularly the protagonist is in a horror film, you're being forced as an audience to root for that, that person. Even if that, that, that victim and that villain is somebody who is, or some, somebody who is or represents white supremacy. And so horror, black people in horror just kind of puts us in that genre. It, it, it puts us in the mind, uh, the role of a victor, um, and it allows us to win against societal oppressions. You know, all the drama films that you listed, I like refuse to watch, which is funny. Like the Selmas and the Twelve Years. <laughs> like, I just don't. There's a certain mood that I have to be in, and I'm never in that mood. <laughs> never in the mood, honestly. Those some it's some movies you only see one time. Like it's some movies you only see one time and that's it right like i think about <laughs> mississippi goddamn i don't know if you ever heard of that movie. no please don't <laughs> watch it one time but that movie's crazy uh wow drama uh i think about pariah i don't know if you ever seen that film that film just is just like i can't any type of like it's just like brutality for you know because it's just it's just like who who wins in this, right? Like there's such an emphasis on the brutality of us and not on the, like the heroism, right? Not on, it, it doesn't give us agency. Those kinds of films, like it's slavery, nigga. Like we lost that, like that there are, we did not, there, there's no way, you know? And of course there's resistance from, from like enslaved folks during that time. But we know how that resistance ended in many cases, right? And so like, but when you place it in horror, like a Django, uh, you flip it on its head and it's like, okay, now we're showing a whole new type of film. Right, right. And when you mentioned like just the, the blackness and horror, I think part of it for me is even like the timing, like the comedic timing in movies and that, I said I wasn't going to reference Get Out, but they did a great job in placing things in a way where the way Black folk think, it's like, yeah, get, don't do that. Like, you know, when she when he's like asking her to get the keys, right? And you're just like, get the keys, get the keys. And you see him doing the same thing. And you're like, we're all on the same page. We're in unison in the way that we're thinking about what's happening right now. And you realize like, oh, she about to flip. Like, oh, okay, I see what y'all doing. And then being able to share that in the theater, right? Like you you sit next to the other guy and you're like, yeah, you know what's going on. Yeah, I, I peep, I peep. And being able to do that authentically, I think that for me is, is the blackness and horror. Like being able to see a, an experience and you're like, I know how this is about to go down. Yeah. And I know how it should go down. And, you know, good directors will, will guide you in that way emotionally yes. and then shift like like yes oh, wait you you left me you left me you know yes and like we we do best when like when, when we watch films as a community i'm sure there's there you can agree that there's nothing like going to a black ass movie theater and watching <laughs> a horror film no nah, we are loud and screaming and ass time you know like we love horror I, I think that, that 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 get out scene was um, quite legendary. My partner just got me the annotated uh, screenplay. And what I love about that um, that scene though is before the get the keys portion, uh, it's the her eating the cereal. Oh God, <laughs> out the bowl and dipping it in the milk. Uh, <sighs> yes, and just like not mixing the 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 colored fruit loops with the white milk you know yeah. like, that was just legendary that's uh, heavy 
That was deep. The nuances. The nuances. Quite wild. Quite wild. You described horror as the perfect genre, right, for attacking white supremacy. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Like, why is it the the genre for having this discussion compared to your your drama or your actions? You know, it just breaks all the rules, right? Like it takes you out of your comfort zone in a way that most films don't, right? Or can't because they're confined to, you know, doing things that are realistic. And I think when people go to see a horror film, they know from the jump that, that this is not a realistic film. This is something that is fake, right? Um, thus, that gives us permission. But what horror does really, really well is that they give you the small, like, seed in your mind that says, oh, shit, this actually could be real, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, that's what makes it progressive, right? Like, like, that's what gives us the window and the inspiration to fight against white supremacy, because it's like, well, I know this shit can't really happen, but it could and if it can happen then i can beat it because i just saw such and such do this on screen on film right um i'm looking here antebellum with janelle monet that movie my what the fuck was that (laughs) so that's like prime pandemic movie right like at the beginning of the pandemic and we needed something to watch and i put it on and i'm like okay what's going on and bro i promise you when that cell phone rang at the plantation. I could have threw my remote at the TV. I was so, so done. Did you, did, so you, you didn't like it? No, no. Oh. <laughs> it, it wasn't anything to do with the twist? artistic merit. It was just, I was annoyed by the twist. You didn't like the twist? No, I was uh, You know who swears by that? My non, my, like my grandmother, she hates horror films, but she swears by Antebellum. She's just <laughs> like, this could really happen, right? And that's just like, yeah, again, yeah. that moment of like, this can really happen, right? Like really speaks to black folks. Um, I w- will need to see that again. I need to see it again, just to see like, first of all, beautiful film. Oh, yeah. um, Gabourey Sidibe steals the show for me with her. Yes, name. yes. Hell, Janelle Monet is beautiful in the film. Um, well, when she's not enslaved. Um, but that is a perfect example, right, of taking a film or taking a moment and like flipping it on its head and saying, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like when I cause that opening scene when 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 they were on the plantation, I was like, this is a really horrible film for them to have like modern day hairstyles. <laughs> on the on the plantation what is going on here and then i said okay this makes sense i see what they try to do there too much too soon wrong bad timing i don't think the film was was, was well timed in terms of release but i i would be open to watching it again another uh pandemic horror film that i also thought was horrible was spell with amari hardwick Okay, I didn't see that one. Tell me about that one. So he and his family were going to somewhere and there was a a plane accident and he ended up being held captive by Loretta Devine, who I love, right? Like Loretta is like my auntie grandma, right? And it just, again, it's, it's pacing was part of the issue. Story was part of the issue. But again, it gives you an opportunity to see like Black folk because there was a lot of, uh, I don't say it was voodoo, but it was definitely a lot of uh, Louisiana experience down there. And it he he was fresh off of ending power. So in my mind, he's still James St. Patrick. So regardless of what you do, you can be in Army of the Dead. You can be in anything, actually. But you're still James St. Patrick from power. So part of it was just the, the art, the actor selection. But the, the film itself was, it was mediocre. Right? And I'm also hard on film. So, like, you know, I'm going to give it a four or five. But somebody else might be like, oh, yeah, it's like a six or seven. Mm. Did you see His House on Netflix? So, I was just about to talk about that. So, 
his house scared me, right? Like legitimately scared me. I have not finished it. I was so scared. Wow. Okay. Like the the scene in like the first 20, 30 minutes where they like crack open the wall and there's like an eye or a hand back there. After that, I was done. I was done, bro. I was watching it in the dark. I'm like, no, mm-mm. Uh, no. I have not gone back and finished. I want to because yeah. it looks good, right? It it looks really good, but I have not gone back. You gotta go back and finish it. It it doesn't get any easier, I'll be honest. But it it really was fantastic. Um again showing nuance of the black experience. Um, but what I love about this one is there's hints of racism. But I don't necessarily think with this particular film that like white people are like um, centered in this one as they are in other films. Um, like I very much see this as a black horror film. Mm. Um, but I, I love sort of just like seeing like this refugee experience, right? And this idea of starting over um, an immigrant sort of uh, a typical Im- immigrant immigration story. And then that kind of being flipped on its head by things, you know? So yeah, uh, let, I loved it. Shout out to Netflix and, and the streaming services for what they have been able to do um, with horror um, and not abandoning the drama, but expanding it. Did you see right. um, Them? Yeah, I did. And I know a lot of people had a lot of feelings about Them. I enjoyed it. Yep, I said it. I said it. Now we're going to have to argue on this. All right, let's go for it. Um, So I don't always care for Lena, but you said never. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, But I enjoyed it. And I think part of it was I just needed to know what happened. And I think it was I wanted to see this Black family make it after all that they had been through. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, trauma porn and torture porn. And I'm like, totally get it but this is also like real life right like this is what would have happened in somebody's life in the 50s and 60s now i like the fact that they centered it with redlining right like it's something that's tangible that we've talked about that hasn't been explored very well and for me it was just like okay i get it now there were some parts in there that were extreme right let's just put that out there the the cat in the bag messed me up it messed up a lot of people. Like me and my wife were watching it and we're just like, why is the pillowcase bleeding, bro? Like, <laughs> that's that's not okay. But overall, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. That was not a good film. That was not a good film. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> there is a craft to horror and a craft to like the backstory, a craft to just sort of blackness and horror right Mm -hmm. and this is my issue with lena is that she doesn't understand the importance of blackness and horror right that's why i said stay out of that genre because (laughs) the film was a white film right like even though black people were centered Though like, it was about them, that film was very much about white people. The Cadillac was the worst. I mean, it was so uncomfortable to watch. My mouth was on the floor, right? And I just kept asking myself, was this necessary mm-hmm. to like get the point across? I don't. I don't know. I think sometimes, I think I may have like not even care to know that might have been scarier to me like what actually happened um though we knew something did happen we know the impacts of trauma and how that and and like what that has on folks but my biggest issue was the second to last episode which was the random back in time oh white supremacy origin story yeah like that was the black, the black and white episode, right? Where they're like, what yeah. the fuck was that about? 
Yeah. Do we, do we care to know about the day that white people said, oh, yes, we are powerful? No. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Lena. That, <laughs> that was not. And then why is it them? You know, like, why that title? After because, all of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, a playoff of us. Come on, yeah, that's all it was. That's it's, all that was. It's, it's giving, uh, it's giving bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving $5 at the Chinese restaurant. It's, it's, giving five, it's, it's giving, take the script and make it, you know? Like, <laughs> man, I, I don't know how anyone white could have taken that role and, and like, been okay. It did so well. I'm just going to point that out. Allison Peel, I saw you, all right? I saw you. I know, I know. Damn, she scared the fuck out of me. I was so scared. I, honestly, I wasn't. But I was just like uncomfortable and just like, like, do I like that is something I will never. And I'm still like, still sad I finished it. I was like, I will never watch it again. My partner and I was like, after the cat in the bag, I was just said, do we need to finish this? And I was like, damn, we're already invested. Yeah, let's just you gotta, let's, you finish. let's just finish the like, let's just finish the ride. But I, I would never watch it again. When you're invested, you got to finish it. That's how I finished all the Saw films. Like, even though they're not necessarily good after the second one, I had to watch them. Yeah, Saw. Saw's, Saw's good. Uh, loved uh, Chris Rock and Spiral. That was fantastic. My brother hated Chris Rock and Spiral. Had plenty of terrible things to say. <gasps> Tried to dissuade what? me from watching it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Chris Rock killed. I was excited. I look at Chris Rock showing the range. He was showing range. And again, another example of taking a modern social issue, flipping it on its head. I said, oh, wow, a killer cop movie. That's what I love to see, especially during a time like this. Kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and play with him. You know, like, take the whole, take the whole, rot, like, take the whole whole station yeah you know like we needed that type of film you know so that's the kind of stuff i'm looking for from lena Waite. but she just you know she just is okay with black death and trauma and i i just i'm just telling her it doesn't have to be that way like it's actually not it's not supposed to be that way that's not what black horror is but you know did you see the Candyman reboot um i did spiritual sequel i'm not sure which one it is I fell asleep on it. So I kind of feel like <laughs> I need to see it again. Um, I saw most of it though. I just was sort of it, it, like when I left, I was like beautiful gowns, beautiful, beautiful to look at. <laughs> um, beautiful to look at. Not Grace the beautiful gowns. Great cinematography. <laughs> um, but, but as a film, I, I have to watch it again. Some films have to grow on me. No, that's fair. It it was one of those moments where I felt it was too on the nose, right? Like it was just too mm. directly in front of me. Like there was no allegory to the story. Right. And I mean, everybody did well as far as acting goes. I mean, this name Coleman can do no wrong to me. Um, Tiana Parrish, love seeing her. Yaya Abdul, great. Yeah. But I've I just felt like it was... It was too there, right? Like it just, it just didn't, it too didn't. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't it? And the Sherlin was, it was dope. I was just happy to see that again. Yeah, Detroit things. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, not happy about the gay representation in, in that film. That, uh, it was a little, little cringy, wasn't it? Yeah, very cringy for me. And, I was, and again, not necessary if you're gonna do it like that, right? So, um, yeah quite interesting uh i'm excited for nope uh wait Kiki. yeah <laughs> and daniel man um uh, love monkey paw you know i'm i'm grateful for the production team who can kind of like rival up against uh blumhouse yeah kind of like really amplify the sent the storytelling and, and cinematography um in a new way so this is such a renaissance era for horror film. I feel like there are more horror films coming out now than there has been ever, ever before. And they're so intentional with um, tackling social issues in only a way that we can. Um, love the purge, the latest purge. 
Um, that was fantastic. You know, flipping immigration on its head and paranoia towards those uh, immigrants, right? So, um, yeah, that that was good. I didn't uh, think they were going to make as many purges as they did, right? Like after the first one. And well, the, first, the, the first one was bad to me. I didn't like Ethan Hawke. Yeah. The second one was much better. I was like, okay, this is what I want to see. I don't want it from the vantage point of a rich family hiding from like angry poor people, but I, but I do want angry poor people going out and like killing others, like and like killing rich people, stalking them. I love that. that respect, year. respect. Um, that's the revolution. That's the, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If we, we want to know how how to get out of this shit that we're in, we just gotta watch more horror movies. <laughs> So I know we could go back and forth all night, right? What I want to do is, is put you on the spot. Uh-oh. I need your top three horror films. And why? Top three horror films. What, first of all, I, num, number one is always will be Halloween, right? That's the movie I, I fell in love with. We love Michael. We love Michael because he is pure evil. Uh, we love Halloween because it's one of the first films that shows that horror happens outside of the hood, right? Um, and this is a, you know, I don't know how, but slashers kind of became a white people issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I love Halloween for that, for that, um, for that reason. Number two. of all time oh my gosh i should have came more prepared let me think of all time so what i'll do is i'll bounce my number one and then yes, you'll be ready for number yes, two yes okay so my number one horror film of all time is hereditary okay because mm -hmm. ari is it Asseter, yeah. is a demented genius like the fact that it was a family film it could have been cloaked in drama. Yeah. And just the scenes themselves, like the amount of attention that I had to pay mm -hmm. to like the things that were going on in the background, like there's scenes where there's like people walking around and, you know, you see Tony Collette like up in the ceiling and like, then I'm looking at the ceiling in my house and just the whole like, you know, she's allergic to nuts and then she eats the cake and uh, it was, whoo. I, I can watch it probably all day if I put it on. Yeah. Yeah. That movie redefined the genre for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm toggling back and forth um, between these two uh, films in my head. But I'm going to, there the list always changes. So I'm just going to say <laughs> you're, um, you're next. Oh, I love that you're next. I love good. that. Yeah. That's yeah. Good, right. Uh, typical last, last girl standing uh, film, Scream Queen film. Um, love that particular movie in terms of the plot twist, you know, family with issues gone wrong and a lot of twists and turns, really gory. And I love that aspect of it. Um, and that's part of the mumble gore sort of yeah. genre of uh, horror films. It doesn't really get a lot of love and attention, um, but yeah, I loved uh, I, I loved your next. No, your next was good. I love a good like home survival film, like yeah. because it, it places you in a situation like oh, the likelihood of me actually like being in a cabin very low, right? But me being at the crib and somebody busting in trying to kill me very high yeah. so i'm like oh yeah I'm, I'm paying attention now um number two the descent oh you know all woman wow. cast survival you got these monsters down in these caves that they never explain why they're there which to me is like powerful right because i feel like when we start talking about how things came to be it loses its essence mm -hmm. and so just the whole nature of survival from a woman's point of view, which typically gets left out. Mm -hmm. And just the fact they were like kick-ass climbers. And I'm like, this is this is really good. And it, mm -hmm. it doesn't get enough shot. And this the sequel wasn't bad either. Like I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, that was excellent. I have to watch that again too. I love a good um cave, you know, trap. Something's in the cave, you know, like yeah, get out the cave. Yeah, I love those types of films. Um, number three, I'm just gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with us. And the reason why I'm going to choose us is because we're going to fight wherever you, you say. <laughs> I lo- let me tell you why I love us. First of all, the score, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love that sort of. I yeah, got yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. Um, the doppelganger sort of twist there was. It just was fun to watch, you know? I still was shocked that Lupita did not get any sort of award or recognition from, and that's just because people don't care about horror, but love and recognition for the work that she did in that particular film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed the rollout of the film. I enjoyed how Black, like, that film was um and like i just enjoyed the message right of like we are our biggest fear right and someday somehow the forgotten the 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 people who we shun away which is really our inner selves will come out and get our asses right (laughs) flat out and and like i just really appreciated that film particularly as a follow-up to get out because I think Get Out was very racial and very like, you know, like this is a film about race sort of, but, and people was expecting us to be that. Um, and it, and it wasn't. And I think like, that's what I loved about it. I love the voice and the, the, the young son. And, um, and I also love that only white people were killed in the movie. So, um, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose us. You don't like us? I I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I think it was one of those things where it's like you can watch it once and that's enough. Like I will I will rewatch Get Out, but I think for us it was just like, all right, okay, sure. But again, I I do like you appreciate Monkey Paul for the fact that Jordan Peele makes you look at black people in their eyes, right? Like he he puts their faces directly on the screen. And you have to see all the emotions that come with it. And I love the fact that that makes people uncomfortable because we don't often have a place for doing that. And anytime that there's a Black director leading that way, let's do it. And so again, I guess that's a diss to Lena, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would also say too, really quick tidbit. One of my favorite uh, things was going to see Get Out with a live orchestra. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, that was the most amazing experience. The film, you know, like to hear the nuances of that of that score played with live instruments at the Kennedy Center in D.C. was. Oh, you was living. I don't know how. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was wild. I loved it. All right, what's number three for you? Let me get these honorable mentions out the way before I feel guilty. <laughs> um, it follows, which I really enjoyed. Um, I also enjoyed Sweetheart, which is newer. It's on Netflix. Again, woman leading the cast and just the ways that men gaslight. I thought that was a great allegory. I also want to throw out Quarantine. Like, I feel like that didn't get enough love. Jennifer Carpenter was showing out in that film. Number three. And I feel like there's a theme for me in like the horror movies that I enjoy. People are like, like, this is not a horror film, but it scares the shit out of me. And uh-huh. That's Eve's Bayou. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. was terrifying in that film to me. Like, I will put him up against uh, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Chucky. Maybe not Michael, because Michael's going to tear apart whoever's in front of him. But Samuel Jackson in that film was just so real, right? And I think it goes back to just this notion of family horror that you see why I picked Hereditary and just like the themes of alcoholism, like the perfect black family and man, that, that movie was deep. It was dark, but it was real. 
And I think that's why, you know, people are attracted to horror because as much as like the supernatural things are interesting, it's the stuff that you could see happening at any moment where people are like, oh my God, this, this is like the horror film of my life. Ooh, yeah. And, and, and that's the beauty of horror films. I, I love that. That's a good note. That's, that's a good third choice. I feel bad for not including that, but yeah, that's, that's really good. So Patrick, let the folks know your, your vision, right? Like I, I want to make sure I hype up what you want to do, right? Like tell the people, put it out there. I'm going to just do some manifestation real quick. My goal, my number one goal is to write a series of middle grades, horror novels, right? For kids. Think goosebumps, but with hood kids, right? Goosebumps. Um, right? Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably title it something like Before the Streetlights Come On or something like that. Like, I, 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 That's scary enough for me. I felt a chill. Like, okay. <laughs> Um, I would probably, uh, I, I really want to open a haunted house, um, and just like a black horror museum would just make my entire, my entire year. So those are like my three things that I want to do, uh, in the horror genre. Um, and I'll definitely plan to make it happen. Now we about to get that crowdsource going ASAP. Period. Period. Well, Patrick, definitely appreciate you hopping on the pod, man. I know we, we talked about it briefly on Twitter and like what, what are we going to do? But then we made it happen, right? And so I think for anybody listening, as we consider, you know, screenplays or storytelling, don't forget about horror, right? Like it's, it's a, a genre that can tell your story without you having the explicit details. Like you create a monster that, you know, racism could be the monster. Like white supremacy is the monster. How do we attack it in ways that are, you know, we don't have to talk about policy and programs all the time. Like we can literally kill the monster unless we're talking about halloween where i thought i saw michael myers head roll down a hill but it wasn't his head because he swapped it out and the man's still alive killing people you know <laughs> i thought I, was, I thought i uh you know burned him alive but uh <laughs> but here he is walking out the house with an attitude yeah, with a fucking attitude and a new mask bitch what the fuck is going on here <laughs> and a new hairdo what's going on yeah Nah, I appreciate you, Patrick. You have a good one. Appreciate you, man. Peace out, y'all.